0: Hello! Welcome to another week, and uh, I'm really excited for this week's episode. Uh, we've got a guest today, and we're going to talk about uh, some ethical and moral lines. It's going to be fun. Uh, before we get into that, I just want to quickly touch on the news this week. Uh, again, we're seeing more cracks happening. Uh, you've got Doug Ford has announced the mandates will not be legally binding and in, in terms of law, I see a lot of people cheering this on as if it's a, a real win. Uh, I don't feel quite the same. It's, uh, it's just abdicating who's taking responsibility for it. He's, he's basically pushed it to the private industry. Uh, and he's not protecting anyone in that sense. So it, it's nice to see that the legal system will not back up what's going on right now. But they're not protecting anyone. I don't see that necessarily as a win, more a, a potential crack moving federally you've got Justin Trudeau has effectively declared war on on the west uh with the latest climate crisis i'm getting head nods here You're using hyperbole. no he no we're going to get into this it's going to be a whole episode at this point i firmly i firmly welcome um wexit our separatist from the west um we'll get into that but uh yeah now I guess uh, we'll uh, get into it. But yeah, today we're, we're going to talk about ethics and morals. I'm really, like, I've been in, like, limbo, not having, like, heard any any input from you. So I'm joined today by my friend. Um, this is the person I... I make a lot of Nazi Germany references, and I, tr- I try to do that with, like, tact and not just disregard... I think it's important to make the comparisons, but not irresponsibly. This is the person I cross-reference all of my comparisons with.
1: Doesn't mean you listen to all of them. No,
0: not all of them. But like, you've you've got schooling for this. This is something you're passionate about. So you are my authority on this. So every time I use the word Nazi, it's on your reputation. I think it
1: also comes down to your use of the terms uh, communist, because we've had extensive conversations about how you're using that incorrectly as compared to authoritarian, totalitarian, or even fascism. But yes, we we have... we Our friendship is... It's uh, reciprocal just on different authorities,
0: I would say. For the record, they're all steps on the same ladder.
1: Yes, I do understand, but you need to check yourself with what you're saying.
0: No, this is getting edited out. <laughs> it's not! <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, what is your official background in regards to history here
1: so i have a honors degree i have a double major in history and english um my focus on history was world war ii and the holocaust and then um, just contemporary literature and i have a minor in religious studies
0: so a, a really well-suited person to have a moral and ethical conversation in today's world with
1: uh one would think so i'm really worried about this like cheeky little grin that you have going on um i'm also going to preface this with i went to a very liberal arts school so i already know that you're going to have a ton of fun with that
0: well that and i mean up until this year y- you were a leftist
1: i would say i was an idealist um not necessarily a. I f- i guess i would say i was center left not like full-on, hardcore leftist. When I got into the age of being able to vote, it was during the Jack Layton days, and who didn't respect that man? I mean, truthfully, you've even said that you had a certain amount of respect for Jack Layton. I
0: I voted Jack Layton. I, I respected him enough to, to offer him a, a job.
1: As, as did I, and I think that, like, honestly, we haven't had a politician as... Solidly grounded as Jack Layton here in Canada, since I was 19 years old, so 11 years.
0: Stephen Harper.
1: Nah, he had dead eyes. I did not. <laughs> I did not trust that man. He had those beady little like, no, not at PR all. P.R.
0: was his only downfall. Oh. That he did long. not carry well in in public image, but uh, I I actually can agree with that. Like I would put Jack Layton today in honestly the conservative camp based on the way things have been framed now, he certainly wouldn't fit in his own party. No. Uh, where they're basically Marxists. Very close. This is a podcast, so they can't see the looks you're <laughs> making right now.
1: I really wish that they could. Looks are my forte here. <laughs> looks are my forte. Um, I think Marxist is extreme, and I also wouldn't say that Jack Layton would have been a conservative, but this is where it comes down to like where I... You and I differ. Um, I think he would have been a true centrist, or nowadays what we would consider like a traditional liberal. Um, but I don't think he would have been um, like in the conservative camp.
0: See, I, I I make that I make that comment just looking at today's conservatives, knowing that they're not conservative. So if you're looking for a center left party, it's today's conservatives, and and everyone else is just move further and further left themselves.
1: Okay, okay. I see what you're where, saying. Where
0: you've got the right being mostly represented by people like the PPC, mm-hmm. Alberta, you've got the Wild Rose Party or the yep. Mavericks. Um,
1: That's a great party name, by the way, like the Mavericks. Like, yeah. Where, where, where's the Gooses? Like, where are the Icemen? Where's cowboys? Aviators Cowboy? are
0: just the status quo, right?
1: Yeah, and we're just gonna bust out some awesome bikes. Like, I can get behind that party. Like, let's do it up.
0: Um... But yeah, given, given your, your past and, and your knowledge base... Uh,
1: I'd like to throw it out there that I only have a honors degree. I do not have a master's or a PhD. We'll get there, but just
0: <laughs> covering my own... You know here, enough like, to be far more educated than the average person.
1: I guess so. Like from That's my not
0: really a huge compliment. <laughs> the average person is not a very high bar.
1: I I don't know. I wouldn't say that I'm more educated than the
0: average person. In the context of this.
1: Yes. um, Perhaps that way. And I've continued doing reading and like personal studies since graduating. Like I haven't stopped. Like that's one thing that I do keep doing is looking at things through a historical lens. Like I think that's very important. And I've said that for quite a long time uh, with anything that has to do with political matters.
0: So, through the historical lens, where are we as a society today?
1: We're not doing well. <laughs> like, which historical lens are we talking about? It-
0: um, my favorite lens. The, the most extreme. We're, we're talking authoritarian regime. I didn't use the word communist.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, because, again, not every authoritarian regime is communist. Nope. Um, we're not doing well. I think it was earlier this week, I was sending you like, uh, or like video, not video, um, pictures going through my textbooks where we were looking at, I'm going to say this wrong. I'm sorry. I'm a very bad agnostic, but canonical. Did I say that right? I think that's
0: close. I know what you're talking about. It was
1: looking at things that happened in like the biblical canon compared to what happened during World War II. Um, well, not even World War II. Um, under the Nazi regime pre-declaration of war. So looking at kind of like the Nuremberg laws and the exclusionary laws. And honestly, like, we're almost at, I hate saying that we're almost at Kristallnacht, because um, that's terrifying, truthfully. And I've been trying very hard since last October to not speak in hyperbole. <laughs> um, that's like a whole other thing that like you know about. But but we're we're getting... We're getting close.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've said it for a while where it's like... People are so quick to shut down whenever you reference... Any of the, the genuinely tragic history. But it's like if you don't frame it in some extremes... You're not putting enough of a guard up to protect slipping there. And we're, we're no longer like on the edge. We're on the hill.
1: It would just be a different type of crystal knock. Um, there was a bakery, I believe... Um, in and around the cities that we live and they said that they were not going to enforce the vaccine or the mask mandates and these people got berated on the internet like people were calling for their business to be shut down so while Crystal knock was literally going to jewish businesses and residences and smashing the glass in, and having that type of terrorism that is terrorism complete terrorism you're instilling fear I don't think that things are going to necessarily be the same in that context because we're going through a completely different lens Um, when it comes to ways of being exclusionary in society and even how people express their frustration or how they create others and ways of damaging um, people or creating fear in a way to try and either get people to leave or to kind of like toe a line or fall in line.
0: Oh, for sure. I I see that everywhere and I look at, like, I try to stay away from, like, Facebook and Twitter. I like Instagram. It seems to be a bit of my echo chamber, um, which feels safer. Um, Twitter is just a whole different beast and, and I really think it brings out the absolute worst in people. Oh, it's a
1: dumpster fire.
0: It is, but, like, if you go through some of this stuff, like, and it doesn't even have to be politically charged. If you go to, like, a good life post and you've got people that are are literally cheering on oh how it's so much nicer that these anti-vaxxers aren't in my place
1: but the thing that's crazy about that is like that's what drives me crazy um when you start talking about these anti-vaxxers not being in a place because like how looking at someone you don't know if they're a vaxxer or an anti-vaxxer and it's the exact same way as when you look into the jewish exclusionary laws like other than having to identify through like in nazi germany like wearing the yellow star of david like people generally wouldn't know like you can't necessarily look at someone and be like through a religious context like where i'm gonna take it here like oh yeah what we have here is we have like we have a christian we have someone who's jewish like you wouldn't know but yeah like people just get like exceptionally disgusting very quickly when it's kind of okay when people don't step in and be like, what are you talking about? And everyone's so bold on the internet, it's absolutely disgusting.
0: I, I grew up in, in a country setting where if you walked out of line, you were quickly smacked back into line. I grew up where you cross a line and, and you'll, you'll get hands. And you get home and you tell your parents, I've got a black eye because of this. You get more because you don't step out of line within, within reason. And we live in a society where not enough people have been punched. When, when things get too far, there's no corrective force. And, and you raise a whole society of adults that are, have no fear of social repercussions when they go too far.
1: See, it's funny when you say, like, when you got out of line. Because when I think of getting out of line, I think of people that are towing the line and not willing to, like, stand up for things when it's required. So it's just interesting when, like, you, you talk about that, because I also grew up in, like, a very small Waspy town <laughs> if one will. Um and uh, pe- like there was a certain line that people expected you to toe and I was always like outside of that line, like very much being like this is stupid. Like y'all just have like this extreme herd mentality. Why would you even even do that? And like a lot of people would say the same thing or say things that are wrong. And I was the first person to like call people out for that. Like it's odd how much of my life is, like, framed throughout a World War II context, but I had a friend, and I remember him taking a, a Sharpie pen, and he put, like, the SS symbol, like, in that, like, little soft spot between your, your thumb and your index finger, and I was like, what the heck are you doing, bud? Like, do you, do you recognize?
0: Skateboard logo. We all did those SS's.
1: Who the hell decided... Like, who in marketing was like, this is a great idea? But no, he wasn't a skater, so, like, it's not even that. Like, this is literally the same guy that would, like, joke around and, like, throw a salute.
0: Okay. Yeah. No. He meant it. He
1: meant it. He 100% meant it. And it was like, what are you doing? Like, you can't do that. Like, do you understand? Like, the and we all went to history class. Like, we know what that means. That's like... In certain contexts is like understanding what the swastika means and it's just like small town like people can just like be bigoted or whatever and apparently it's fine like most people won't call it out but i was like the first person to do that and be like you're like an awful person on so many levels if you think that that's even remotely okay
0: yeah no it's uh it's it's wild i i when i say like get out of line i, I generally mean in like respect so, like, if somebody gets in your face and, like, gets disrespectful, like you see now on, like, Twitter, that was quickly corrected in in real life, where I grew up, where, like, you could be certain amount of confrontational once you cross a line, you would get... Whereas, like, today, there's just no checks and balances. They have uh, free reign. And, like, when I talk about, like, the good life comments and stuff, I really mean to highlight the fact that it the social... Construct right now is such a tinderbox that I don't think it would take a lot to turn a vast majority of people into some really dark corners.
1: Well, and that's the thing like, humans, like, we're naturally very violent people. Um, we're also, I don't want to say like a herd people, but like, we require a certain amount of community, like, it's just part of the human. The human nature and it doesn't like you said it doesn't take a lot for people to switch and I think a lot of the time what ends up happening is people want to appear to be on the side of what is politically correct or where there's going to be the most validation coming from it and where they're not going to risk being put out of the like the safety circle where they're not going to be rejected from that community um and it can make people like completely stray away from values or morals that they may have or think that they have in order to, it's it's like fitting in. It's like being part of like the popular crowd in school for lack of better references. And like, it just, it tears, like it just brings out the absolute worst in people. Like everything that's gone on, like it's just, it's not good at all. I
0: think humans in general are like, they're very typically a group based animal more or less. Whereas, like, any amount of authority can really quickly get everyone in line. I don't know if you're familiar with the Milgram ex- experiment.
1: Uh, is that the one where they turned kids, like, they put kids in the prison and then it was like the guards versus the inmates? And no. then, okay.
0: So, the Milgram experiment is where you have one subject. This is at the subject of the experiment. They have him come help with a quote unquote experiment. He's in a blind room working a control panel. Yep. And he's. Pushing, he's turning the knob or pushing the buttons that slowly increases the shock to the person on the other side of the wall, which he can't see. Yeah. Now, given this is an experiment, it's not actually shocking a person. But but the response he gets is as if he was, so the screams keep getting louder and louder, yeah. and somebody with a lab coat comes in and tells him, okay, more, more. And they they do this up until the point the, the quote-unquote victim here is screaming, you're going to kill me, the, the, the don't kill me, and they keep going, as long as somebody with a clipboard and a lab coat says, "Turn it one more. Turn it one more." So
1: there's not even like a threat of physical violence, no, or any like there's, serious there's ramifications nothing. for it's, what this person's doing. It's
0: literally just you. Th- they they set it up that somebody's an authority telling you to do this. Oh,
1: that's that has completely happened throughout history. You don't oh, yeah. even need like to have like a what's this called the Milgram experiment. Yeah. That like that that's a completely useless experiment in my opinion. Like if you look throughout history, like that that's just how things work. But I think it's fascinating work. to
0: see just how quickly a normal average person who they, they weren't raised in any surround there was no culture around this it's they came in off the street and within 15 minutes they've effectively killed someone yeah and and they they know it it's a conscious thing but because they thought it was a controlled experiment they would not be allowed to take things too far they're being told by the person and and it's just wild And it just goes to show how quick it is to move people.
1: And the thing with that is that it's just one person with one person with a clipboard. It's not like... There's no
0: threats. There's no force. There's no... Well,
1: what I mean is that it's not like a group, like any kind of political party or anyone with real power happening there is what I mean. Like, it's just a one-on-one situation. There's no, like, real... Real pressure, if you will. Right. But it, it's not unique. You no. know what I mean? Like, it, it's happened long, long, long before that.
0: It just shocks me, for pardon the pun, but uh, it shocks me to see how quickly people can, can fall for this, really, and how few people are willing to speak up and stand out. Uh, as somebody who's kind of been fighting this fight in today's society, it's wild to see how few people really support i've had family literally just stop seeing me because of my views despite the fact that i'm now tested two or three times a week so i i quantifiably pose no risk to anybody
1: you probably know better than people that are vaccinated and just going off of the i'm vaccinated i'm safe um like thoughts or protocols with things like i haven't been subjected to testing i'm just like oh i have my vaccine so people automatically assume that and that that's crazy to me right like it's crazy that i could have a sore throat which is one of the like symptoms if you will but because i'm vaccinated like oh like you're still kind of clear because you only have the one whereas you like who as part of your job needs to like get tested however many times like Empirically, you are more trustworthy than I am here. Yep. But I'm free to like walk around.
0: Yep. And if if even a, even if I come into close contact, I have to quarantine for ten days. If I have passed somebody that tests positive later, if you've got your vaccine, there's no requirements, no requirements of testing or monitoring at all. No. It's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, and I think that gets us back to like the ethics and morals. Have we crossed any of your lines yet? Yes. What lines are they? Where have we crossed them? Uh, this
1: one's like hard. And I've actually been trying to like prep for this, um, especially since listening to your last episode where you said you're going to take me to the fire after I'm just going to call you out here. Cause you said you weren't going to, when we were having this discussion, like <laughs> messaging. And then I heard that and I was one of those, you mother, come on here. I
0: told you I was going to push back where I needed to.
1: Yeah. but There's pushback. And then there's openly saying that you're going to take me. Um...
0: I live in hyperbole.
1: Again, and I'm act like I'm not supposed to live in that <laughs> realm. Um, where can I go with where my lines have been crossed? Um, the approval for vaccinating children that's like a huge, huge no go for me. Um, oh my god, I'm like blanking here, I'm the worst, and I know we've talked about this too when it comes to line. Um, Oh god! While you
0: think, I I just want to kind of highlight, and I'm going to go into this in an an episode or two with the whole kids' situation. And uh, I find it really scary that you've got in the States now... um,
1: No, just keep going. Okay. (laughs) But I remembered.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I find it scary how in the States you've now got an emergency-approved blood thinner for children, which is, again, it makes no sense right now. And then you have... Even in in Ontario here, I've seen it, where they're now starting to put publications out and advertisements out saying that it's not rare for kids to have a stroke. And I don't care what world you live in, it is rare for children to have strokes. So I I look at these two facts, these two empirical facts, and I I really pause and I, I wonder, like, are they doing this because they know we're going to see an increase? Cause like I and I, I do I, I want to capture the background numbers I want I want to know what the background rate of child stroke is before we get really into this because I think we're probably a few weeks away from Health Canada approving it. The states have already approved it, and I, Health Canada is usually not too far behind. But it,
1: that's uh, it, a whole other realm of just stupid, a, in
0: my opinion. Yeah, I think that's where you see you'll, you're you're going to see uprise. Is there's a lot of people I know that caved to the vaccine, chose to for whatever medical reasons they have, conscious reasons, whatever. You don't need to justify why you choose to do something. I just have a problem when you force it on everyone. But, like, I, a lot of people I know that that towed the line so far will get off at that juncture.
1: Yeah, like me. Hey. Right. right. <laughs> um, so, I've actually remembered. So, one of the first... And I was probably questioning it before this happened. And I hate calling you out on this, but you had a very personal thing happen in your family where members of your family had to go to the hospital and you can go in. And I had never like I don't want to say I'd never been so irate, but I was I was mad that there was a complete lack of empathy in that situation that you were not able to go into the hospital and be there for your family members simply because you didn't have a vaccine
0: right and for context it's not something like i'm super private about eventually i'll get into it but for context i have no problem explaining so my wife and i were pregnant and we actually had a miscarriage at the er we were we were going for our final testing where we expected to get the worst news possible and after doing ultrasound we we weren't given results and we were told to go to triage to to have a doctor meet us and read results at that point, entry to, to ER, I was ejected from the hospital for not being vaccinated and not qualifying as a care person, uh, at which point I got about as irate as I've ever been. Um, Rightfully so. Yeah, and I, I've since reached out to the hospital. And they've offered very little. I mean, what can you do after it's done?
1: Well, not just that, but look at where things are at with the hospitals when it comes to administrative support staff, doctors and nurses. Like if they're going to eject people, there like, they're not going to sit there and contact you. But like that's happened weeks after what happened with you. And for me, like. The minute that empathy is removed from society is the minute that I become really, really, really worried Right. Um, because empathy keeps us from reaching the darkest parts of humanity that we've hit through history. Um, but that's that's probably the most terrible thing that could ever happen to a woman. Yeah. I've never
0: experienced it. And to have to do it absolutely alone. Alone,
1: yes. That's disgusting, yeah. in my personal opinion. And the fact that you weren't considered a caregiver, although I'm guessing that...
0: They considered her her own person. She didn't it. need support.
1: She needs support.
0: right. And as, as like what counts as support, as like, the husband that, in that situation, you feel utterly useless.
1: Well, you already feel useless because right. well, I'm assuming on more, a different level more than ever. Yeah. Because like, number one, you can't, you can't fully empathize yourself like no. to a certain extent, but like, I, I can't even fully articulate how angry that made me.
0: Well, and for us too, like we've dealt with it, it sucks. And like, that was probably the most anger I've ever felt and her, the most pain she's ever felt. But it doesn't really end there for us. So, we we still want to have more children. Um, if we, by the grace of God, we get pregnant and carry, I can't go to the hospital to have a baby.
1: And this was happening even like I believe that spouses were able to go in like after like things got re- I don't know what to say. Like at what point during it? Like at one point they were letting like husbands go in. Um, this was like earlier on in the pandemic, I knew people that were in my eyes, they should
0: never have like, I understand reasonable precaution. If I have to out of pocket, take a $400 test, I don't care. I will bear that burden. Yeah, I will. I will. I don't expect them to pay for it. I'm a free market capitalist. I get that. That burden isn't on them or the taxpayers. I will pay that test, but you need to provide a pathway that I can actually do what I need to do. You can't just full blank say no because of this but I can prove
1: I'm not this or just provide different options. Like we do have rapid testing. So like in that, I don't know how long does it take for a rapid test? 15 minutes. Okay. So in that situation, that is something that should have been provided as an option instead of completely saying that you can't go in. Well, for the, Uh, even if you have to pay for it, you know what I mean? For the situation
0: we went through, I had already completed (laughs) a test that morning. Okay.
1: I didn't know that, but you should have been allowed in. Right. And you had never told me that, but to me, that's completely ridiculous. Like, she, your wife needed like obviously she needed physical care but there's also like a lot of psychological care and support that she needed in that situation and she'd already experienced a complete lack of empathy from the people that she'd run into like she needed someone that she knew she could trust and I had probably started drawing a line before then but that's kind of the first major thing that really really like was like no
0: that was about where I, that that was my final line. I've had lines, I've battled, I've, I've pushed back in places, and I've been pretty firm on my convictions. That was, that was my no further moment.
1: Another one that I had recently, a lot of them come down to you because you're like the person that gets subjected to I'm things. I'm the front line. You're the person that gets subjected to things the most, um, in my life. Um, obviously like there's things like restaurants and stuff like that, um, since that whole passport mandate has been put out, like, I don't go into restaurants. I don't even go to the gym that I'm paying for because I think it's absolutely stupid that people can't go. Um, But very recently, you had talked to me about feeling unsafe about refusing work in a situation. And that was like, I can't even
0: talk about this, can I? You can, you're good. Okay. We we won't get into details, but yeah. Yeah, you
1: said that you felt that you couldn't... um, turned down what was obviously unsafe work because you felt that you were already like, I don't want to say on the line. What was the phrasing that you used? Like under a microscope. Right. That your actions are already being.
0: Yeah. uh, um, They're looking for a reason to, to fix a problem when it comes to me. This is the nature we're in.
1: No, I know. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just trying to choose my words wisely here. Um, based off of things, but that was, I, (laughs) I lost it. Like I lost it that people feel that they can't turn down unsafe work because they're already feeling like they're under a microscope. Right. Like that's just ridiculous. There's a lot of
0: lines in my life. I've, uh, it's, it's not a fun battle to be on. I'm not going to lie.
1: No. And like you and I talk about it very, very, very often. Um, and again, I'm on a slightly different line because I do toe the line more than you do. Um, I got the vaccine very early on, but a lot of that was for health reasons. Like, I have an autoimmune right. disorder, and, and for me, that was it was something that I was like... It makes sense.
0: I'm not, I, I think you're right.
1: Yeah, like, when you don't know what the full effects are going to be of something, like... No,
0: I, I said from the start, I, I agree with your choice. It makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, but for other people, like, give them... People need to be allowed to have a choice and have a certain amount of autonomy over their own body. Um, The thing that I think is funny about this is that um, like as a woman, a lot of the time we get told what to do with our bodies and people are like, oh, like it's fine. So I'm kind of like happy now that people are actually being like, oh, it's my body. I deserve a certain amount of autonomy because for me, it's like, yeah, you do. Like (laughs) now you're angry. I'm glad we're at that point. But that's like a completely different um, like conversation to be had but I think as things are happening more to people in my life, because things are opening up more, that's where I become more like I see more and more lines are being crossed because like I said, things are opening up more and it's starting to impact people like day to day a lot more.
0: Yeah. And I, I think looking at how they've done it. And again, we, we touched on the top of this of how like the government has kind of abdicated, abdicated um, how they've done it, and they've put the policing on businesses, and it's a twofold method. It's, it's it really does demoralize businesses and puts them in a place where they can't stand up, lest they be shut down and penalized. And it washes the hands of of the government from actually being the the hand that puts it in place, and it's to me it's it's almost malevolent in in tactic. Um, it's kind of the sickest thing I think you could have done. Just you—you're putting people. A lot of these businesses don't. Well, you've got your big boxes that are happy to—they don't
1: care. Well, the big boxes are allowed to have like thirteen hundred people go inside them and be like crammed to the brim, and they—they've been allowed to be open this whole time. So small businesses, well, like, or like, even I mean, gyms like Boston that were for-
0: Pizza, or stuff like or Swiss Chalet, like corporate restaurants. McDonald's is a great option. You've got the woman in Toronto who didn't, she had her vaccine, but did not have her papers with her. And she was physically kicked out of the McDonald's just trying to have a breakfast.
1: Like sit down in there and have a
0: breakfast. Yeah. And you've, and you've given the power to honestly, people that should not have any authority in this situation.
1: (laughs) It's funny. We were having like an off mic conversation when I first got here about a situation that I was in. Uh, a couple like last week um, where I picked up a cane for a little old lady and kind of helped her in, uh, it was cold. Like she didn't really speak English and helped her like, get the care that she needed and someone said like that was very nice of you to do and for me I was shocked because it comes down to human decency I'm at the point that like I shouldn't be shocked with how people are so quick to like police and just like put their heads down in the sand like an ostrich but that's in my opinion where the problem really lies is that no one is willing to stand up and be like you're kind of taking this a little too far like do you have to forcibly remove this woman
0: right right and I've I've had that situation before like I've had Towards the the middle. So at the beginning, I didn't wear masks. I said, screw. Like, the very beginning, when we didn't know what it was, I did. Oh, I know you did. I, I was very careful. And then we got more data. I started, okay, it's not something I need to be that worried about. Took it all off. And then I actually moved in the middle. And when I got to uncomfortable stores, places I didn't know, I slipped back into, hey, I'm, I'm just going to try and keep my head down. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple times where people braver than I at the time were in the store without a mask. And they'd get accosted, and I kid you not, everyone would just look away and keep going. And like, there was a couple times where it's like, no, like I took my mask off and said, okay, if you're going to cause a problem with them, you're going to cause a problem with me. Do you want me to put my mask back on and you're going to leave them alone, or are we both just going to do this? Because I'll do this.
1: And and that's what needs to happen. Maybe not such a confrontational way, um, but again, like you're you're heated on the subject, but like people just need to like, if that's happening. In, in any situation, like masking or vaccinating is just one, but we've lost our, like people have lost their moral authority or their moral compasses to be willing to say something when they don't agree with something or when people are being harassed or when they see an injustice being done and like in my opinion that's what happened there but the thing that's kind of crazy about putting things on the businesses and I touched on the fact that like it's a lot of these small businesses that had to be closed for so long and are on the brink of shutting down that are then having to like risk enforcing these things is that again you can look to Nazi Germany but even Jim Crow in the states like we're getting to that point that we're gonna have like get to the point where people are like oh if you're unvaccinated you have to go to the back and pick things up from the back instead of being able to walk through the front doors like that's a very real possibility that we're getting to these days
0: well i mean for me like hey if you gave me an unvaccinated section in the gym at least i could go to the gym i i would go a step further and say there's a lot of parts of society today i don't even have access to
1: oh you don't even have to go so far as to say like you can just say like there are a lot of parts of society that you don't have access to.
0: in certain aspects, it's almost worse than Jim Crow in in that regard. Absolutely,
1: and again, like, this is coming back to the fact of how many times you need to be tested in any single week, and you still can't go in. Like, that's ridiculous, that you can't just show your test and be like, hey, like,
0: just let me go. I'm probably one of the safest people in society. Absolutely. And if I catch it, then I have quick enough response that I can, I'm never three days outside of a test. No so it's it's not like i and as we learn more and the data comes in the vaccine isn't doing what they said it would it's no not offering ever ing- does
1: it. It, it that's like when people used to get mad at the flu shot and be like oh i'm not going to get the flu shot because there's a very slim chance like we don't know what like variant it's going to be
0: that year right it, and it's, it's a running joke with a flu shot
1: the other thing like it's it's cold and flu season right and I I think it's ridiculous that we're being mandated to get this COVID shot, but it's not a mandate for my employer that I need to get a flu shot. Like where's the logic in that? That's
0: a slippery slope. We, that could be next.
1: Oh, absolutely. But what I'm saying is like things, like things are changing so quickly and so much of it is reactionary that like, at what point are they just going to start mandating like a hundred different things? Right. And like, where does it go from there? And if you don't
0: draw your line, like I've had conversations with people at work who, reluctantly got their shots and they said, Oh, well, if we, if they go three, which as of today, uh, Dr. Moore says, that's likely going to happen. Um, they're like, well, no, I won't go three. It's how do you stand on that hill though? If you've already gone that far, how do you make that case to your employer? Cause from my perspective, I, I don't see you being able to make a winning case.
1: No, absolutely. And with my experience, the way employers have been, you're not going to win that case at all.
0: No, if you if you don't stand and, and pick your line early, you're you're stuck on a course that you don't want to be on.
1: It's a collision course. It's yeah. entirely a collision course. And it again, like it I I wish I could say like it, it's herd mentality. Like there's herd immunity, which with all of it, like it's gonna happen anyways and so many places just don't want to admit it. But at this point we're just at a test of control. And seeing how much control people will accept before they will no longer accept what's happening.
0: Right. And and that has dangers on both sides. One, we could just lose too much. And two, it could it could go so far that they overpush and it creates a, a confrontation we don't need.
1: Oh, absolutely. You've repeatedly joked about V for Vendetta. Like It's ironic
0: we're recording this on November fourth.
1: I know, I've been trying to like it's not on any of my streaming services, and I desperately want to watch it. Um,
0: it is scary how similar, like, literally, you could just retitle some of that movie, and it, it fits lock, stock, and barrel.
1: Well, that that's the importance of like arts and literature and history is that you can like look back and see these things, and it's a completely separate issue, but. I'm just going to, like, plug it here for anyone who listens. You had brought it up about Lord of the Flies being removed from, like, public education. And that's the type of thing that we need to, like, worry about in this day and age. And same with revisionist history. Because once you start removing things, like, people don't have the access to look back on how things were handled in the past. Or, like, people just actively choose to forget these things. Um, But art really does reflect reality. And a lot of the time, art is very far ahead of what's happening in society. Like people would have looked at 1984 or Fahrenheit 451, any of those like major dystopian books and been like, "Oh, that could never happen." And we're we're getting dangerously close to being there, people. Like <laughs> when you think of like Big Brother's watching, look at how your your iPhone or like any device you have works and you can be having a conversation and then all of a sudden something pops up like I've been spending time with someone who's really into like luxury watches and like they talk about them all the time when I'm around them. And all of a sudden I have ads coming up or YouTube videos being suggested to me about like Philippe Patek watches and all of this and like Rolexes. I was like, I've never searched this in my life. Like, why are you coming up? Like this stuff is very real.
0: Yeah. And, and from that side of it, it's a very like commercial side industry has, has, and you've willingly signed over those rights. When was the last time you read a terms and agreement? No
1: one does. It's like a Simpsons thing, isn't it? Where it's like a joke, yeah. Like no, no one does these things. So we've just gotten very used in society to to just following the Pied Piper. Like we're just gonna follow and hope that everything's okay, but not actively question things.
0: Well, and I think that's part of like how we've gotten where we are today. And I I hope to God we can correct it before it becomes something that has to be "quote unquote" corrected. I don't want to push this to, to where it's conflict. Um, and historically you've seen it go too far and the only way is conflict.
1: I'm curious, what do you, what is your definition of too far? Like, oh, we're how way past
0: it? it. Okay. My definition of too far was when they started masking kids in school full time, knowing like, it's one thing I, I took precautions when we didn't know. And we were seeing, the, and I will straight up call it propaganda coming out of China. It is propaganda. Uh, we saw the propaganda coming out of China. And you have to take that with some weight. We thought there was potential for people to be coughing up blood and dropping dead in the middle of the street.
1: Have, have we seen anyone cough up blood as a result of this?
0: I'm sure you could find a case or two in the hospitals. Right. sounds like Right. I'm sure you could find a case or two in the hospitals where somebody's aspirated, maybe. So I'm not going to quantifiably say no. But we, we know it's not happening in the street.
1: I mean, we also don't have like mass graves of people that were having to like bulldoze. Again, and you, cover you saw that in China and, and, and was it New York? Threat,
0: they threatened it in New York and they never actually did it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the propaganda has always been huge, and it, you have to give it some credence when you don't have more info. but once we had the information and we knew kids were not at risk, both at spreading and, and contracting,
1: kids are little germ buckets kids anyways. Absolutely like, it's should ridiculous. not have been masked.
0: No. At all. Uh, after we got the data, 100% should have been removed. We know that it it suppresses their immune system and puts them more at risk. As we saw in September, Ontario themselves put out warnings of RSV because immunes have been suppressed by being too sterile, and you then are at more risk for future stuff.
1: Which is ridiculous. The other thing like with kids, and I had an issue with this with my nieces, was it's more damaging for them not to be socialized. Then for them to potentially, like, get a little cough or whatever happens. It Um, kills
0: me when you see, like, under three with a mask, under four with a mask. They, They need the social cues.
1: Absolutely. Like, you and I were joking about this, that I'm an adult and I can't read social cues a lot of the time. Like, imagine, like, a little kid and, like, they need to learn and develop and learn how, like, how hierarchies work in, like the world and learn how to like interact with other children. And there's some kids that just they haven't had that from a like a very critical age. Like it just it hasn't been a thing and I'm terrified to see what happens the with those kids. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful. We're going to have a whole generation of like kids are already very um
0: Well that and you've got the fear aspect too. You've got kids that and honestly like some have great teachers. Like um I've got a buddy who's a history teacher. I guarantee you none of his kids have been hyped up with fear, but you've got some, some politically motivated teachers that absolutely have pumped fear into some of these kids. And like, that's so detrimental and so formative.
1: Not just that, like, it's not even just teachers. Like if you look on social media, there's like major influencers that are like pumping fear and Well, our
0: government was, was paying them.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's... That's propaganda.
0: Yeah. Like that's very clearly propaganda. But like, even my, my eight-year-old asked me if he was going to die if he got it. And like we had to sit him down and be like, no, no there's no situation where anyone in this house will. The, the numbers don't support that. We, we explained we want to protect grandma. We want to make sure if we're going to see her, we're, we take precaution. We wash our hands. We don't go when we're sick. Mm-hmm. But realistically speaking, no, it's not a death sentence like they're saying it is. And it's like, my, my kid was eight. And, and he brought this to us. So I, I, I have to wonder, like, where did he hear that? Either kids that are
1: misunderstanding things, uninformed parents. Like, there's so many ways that they could be hearing this. Um, it was funny. I uh, went to my sister's place of employment, and she had a thing on her desk that was the health and safety notes. Uh, from. It's a fairly large corporation that she works for, and there was something on there about, like, dealing with mental health during whenever, but you know, like this pandemic coming up just brings everyone like on a higher thing of what's going on with mental health, which like in some aspects is great and others I question it. But one of them was like, avoid watching the news. If it makes you anxious again, this is where I wish that there was like a camera reaction, but it's wrong to say, avoid watching the news. Um, there's so many different like news platforms that people can look at, but if you're telling people to avoid, watching the news or avoid looking for content that makes them uncomfortable or like could potentially pose a different narrative. That's a problem. That's a huge problem for me.
0: Let's address the root issues. Like let's, let's make news honorable again. And I uh, honestly, the internet has killed news. It's all about clicks and nobody reads anything, and it makes print and, and news media just there's no worthless. integrity in no. The, there's
1: no integrity at all. it's It's like what's the fastest way to get people viewing so you can get advertisements and like ad dollars coming through. Like we haven't had integrity in news reporting since like the 80s in my opinion.
0: Right. And like again, I, I've mentioned like the the red pill and being able to see through a lot of the crap. And like I grew up thinking like Anderson Cooper. Was an honest reporter, and like back when I was a kid, he was reporting live from Gulf War. Uh, if there was a hurricane, he'd be in the in the ditches or in the in the water up to his armpits. But I kid you not, you can actually go and find a picture of Anderson Cooper standing in a ditch up to his armpits, while his camera crew are just standing in boots on the road. So like. It's there actually is a, vi-
1: there's a video clip about this because somebody called him out for it and like you can actually find the counterpart of this where it's like he's not like I think you're like insinuating that he's like on his knees making it look no different. no
0: he's standing in a
1: ditch oh okay no I've seen this then yeah and like that's just the difference in the water level or whatever
0: oh no they uh, we will have to do this after but they literally portray as if this is how much water there is in the city. Without framing the fact he's in an eight foot ditch. Okay, we'll have to. Yeah, and we're he definitely up gonna have to look this up. Armpits.
1: But that's the thing is that there is manipulation in like there's huge manipulation. Right, in Right, and journalism. it's only gotten
0: worse. And I, I think like you look at the politics and Trump has really broken the media um, in so many ways for better or worse. Like at the very least, it's made people able to see through it. Uh, he coined the fake news stuff, and he made such a mockery of that moniker but he's not wrong.
1: No, he's not wrong. The issue is like how he did it. Like he I'm sorry. Like he was so laughable about how he did things. There are things that he was saying that are real issues, but you no one can take that man seriously because think, of how he was delivering it. I think that's it. the
0: only way you could get it across though. I think the only way I Trump, I look at he had problems and I think politically he would have been a better leader if he had no Twitter. I can agree to that. But I think the issues he highlighted had like a reasonable politician come up and said any of what he said it would have been in and out of the news one day to the next if he didn't make a mockery of it they wouldn't have published it and it would have got no traction and no and nobody would have paid any attention to it but because he made it a laughing stock and it was almost it was almost like a double play where he he made it so laughable people made fun of him but in making fun of them the people that were making fun of him draw draw attention to the points he's making And then people eventually connect the dots and realize, yeah, like, he's an idiot, all fake news, fake. But it is all fake.
1: The thing, like, I agree to a certain point with what you're saying, but the people that tend to, like, go down the rabbit hole and be like, it is all fake are people that are already kind of in that camp to begin with. Whereas, if it had come from a different source saying it, I think people who are less like make America great again, like hat wearing, like people that are more center would have been more likely to take it seriously and do their own research instead of completely writing it off. And that's where I disagree with you that like when it came to that, there was a large group of people that were missed because they just completely dismiss him.
0: Right. And I I think now given what's going on, especially in America, you're seeing the people that were missed by that realizing that they're wrong And there's a whole lot of people that have, like... Biden voters have a lot of buyer's remorse. And, like, you can see interviews all over the... Like, they have huge regrets. He say he was a a rude and uncouth person. To say the least. He did what he said he would do. He had good economic and and foreign policy. Uh, You didn't have Chinese aggression. You had talks of de-escalation in North Korea. Things that... I don't really
1: know if that was so much... Trump about de-escalation North Korea like well since North then... North Korea is pretty since then anyways. North Korea has ramped
0: up their nuclear arms that happens every they so have, many years anyways have, though you
1: can't just like narrow, put that go, down to, to Trump to go
0: from six months ago six months prior literally him sitting down and talking about de-escalation I honestly think that that had more to do with like but even the today clout
1: that came with Trump than it did with like actually doing it because
0: like but they they literally saw moves. To de-escalation, they were they were di- taking apart arms. Now they're manufacturing, and you've got Kim Jong Un, who is by all—he's an authoritarian dictator. Yes, he is. He's a savage. Yes, um, but even now he will. There is no political discussion with him by Bi- he refuses to talk to Biden
1: but that's because Biden doesn't have like the same he doesn't command any respect it's not about commanding respect like there was a while that like the main diplomat to North Korea was Dennis Rodman like think about that it's people that are controversial that Kim Jong-un tends to like lean towards which could be a total reason why he was willing to sit down with Trump because it's going to get him some media views it's going to sit down and be like this is happening let's look good for North Korea like
0: I think if you look and, and I, I usually Trump as an example, too, is like how they handled China. There was very little Chinese chest puffing, CCP chest mm-hmm. puffing with Trump, because when you when you get to these types of people of like full on egotistical dictators, they do not respond to weak people like you do not. You can't have discussion if they have no respect for you. No, they don't have to, to like you to respect you. They have to fear you to some degree. And I think that's why you saw a lot of these these crazy dictators that as soon as Trump was gone, we've got real big escalations.
1: I think like there's the big escalations, but the minute Trump is gone with how like shortages are happening with certain like products throughout the world, like we are very much at the mercy of China and shipping channels at the moment. So like they know that they have everyone's proverbial balls in their hands. Like they have all the power at the moment. And I can think of one world leader that would actually like say something to them. And he's a controversial world leader. I
0: respect Putin.
1: Okay, I didn't want to say it. I, you and I have talked I make about no, this before. I make no qualms. I've, he, I've he's said a monster that re- of
0: his own making but. I've
1: said for years that I respect him. Like years, years and years, probably
0: Probably I, since I was eighteen. I don't necessarily admire him. He's done some horrible things, but he has my respect.
1: Those are different things. Right. Those are completely right. different I just things. Wanted, I just
0: wanted to highlight that. Same.
1: Like I would not say like oh like this exceptional like stand up gentleman, but when it comes to like getting things done, which while again can be questionable, like his. <sighs> major actions tend to align with his words.
0: Right. And he has moral and ethical codes. He's also not flip-floppy. Right. He does what he says, and and he works within the boundaries he lays out. I have a certain respect for him. Whereas, that's something that modern politicians in this side of the world are just void of. I mean,
1: it's also kind of easy when no one challenges you or if they do challenge you somehow they end up with like severe radiation poisoning right but again it's essentially a one-party system when you think about it, it's a one-man system like right
0: a- the thing is though if you go over there and poll people he may not have majority support so like you could question their elections but he certainly has more he i, I would go as far to say is he has more populist support than trudeau has here Oh, absolutely! With Trudeau winning an election with about thirty percent of the popular vote, I
1: really that election. I don't understand what happened with that. We
0: deserve what we get as a as a country.
1: I I understand that. Like, uh, what's the type of voting? It's like block voting or whatever. Help me out here.
0: Where you just toe the line your parents have always voted? No, this no, no, way? no, no,
1: no. Like, where you strategically vote instead of voting off of like. Oh, your you're talking
0: the vote split.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I would not vote split this election. Like, that may have made something different, but, like, morally, I could not do that. Right. So, maybe that's on all of us. Like, maybe a vote split would have been the smarter thing to do?
0: I've covered it before, where um, we break down. Realistically, Aaron O'Toole would be the only other person that could have won. And uh, he's the same person. It's, it's the same policies with a different name. So, really, it made no difference. We would have been heading the same direction.
1: It's funny, because I think in your last episode, maybe two episodes ago, we talk about, like, the weakness of men. And I don't just think it's, like, men in general. I'm going to say, like, humans. But people are so unwilling to stand up for what they think is important or what needs to be done Um, And at the moment, like, not even just that, where was I getting with this? Leaders. We do not have strong leaders at all. We have essentially this. We're in a she session. uh, Yeah, that's no, because you and I have talked about this. Like I sent you, I sent (coughs) you articles about how like when stuff gets really bad, it tends to be the women that like get angry first. But we have a bunch of male leaders that are just uh, incredibly weak And not even just male leaders. Like, I'm sure that there's female leaders, too. I do think that Merkel was pretty...
0: I'm so disillusioned with the European leaders. Macron has had some real big wins and some real big loses. Uh, Merkel's the same way. I don't understand how Germany... And Austria's been great. I don't understand how Germany's gotten to do what they've done. That might be a case of nature versus nurture. Maybe you can't... Maybe you can't nurture that out of a society. Maybe they'll always be inclined to slip that direction. I would like to see not, but it's crazy. Like There's parts in Germany where y- you can't go to the grocery store. I don't know how they break it up, if it's states or provinces, but there are certain regions... I would go with regions. Right, there are certain regions that have implemented laws that bar unvaccinated people from grocery stores.
1: I I don't understand that. I don't and understand. I
0: don't know how you let that happen.
1: I think it comes down to people thinking that like in their region that they think that they know best what's going on, but that's, that's a major violation of human rights. In my opinion, like people need to be able to get their groceries. What like, I don't know if they have like Instacart or whatever, like pick up over there. And like, that does give people a certain amount of access. No, I'm not saying that's acceptable, but I'm saying like, that is a way that people get around by saying like they have other options instead of being like, these people can go do that as well. And like, when does it come down to, they can't go to the pharmacy? And like pick up their medications because their pharmacy is in like a, a grocery store.
0: A co-worker's child today couldn't go to the doctor without getting a COVID test. They've got strep. Three kids in their circle all got strep, and they're diagnosed with strep. Their child is now presenting with with strep with strep symptoms, and they said, "Can we come for a, a visit?" No, not without a PCR a PCR test. Specifically, you've got to get the invasive one. Lovely. Uh, they will not accept rapid tests, and they will not see you without it.
1: Why? This is what I want to know. If rapid tests are so reliable, why won't they accept a rapid test?
0: Well, if vaccines work, you would assume that your staff is vaccinated as healthcare has been mandated. So if, if vaccines work, why are you even worried?
1: It, it really is a great question. Like, right. it, it Things just make no sense at all. And for me, my problem there is um, there's a Hippocratic Oath. Right. Like, you, you made a decision to be a doctor and to look after people and to provide a certain level of care. Like, to me, that that oath comes before stupid swab-your-brain testing, especially, like, for little kids. Like, how, how how do you morally do that? And this is also coming from the lens that, like, doctors are not good people. If we're going back to my educational background, like, there are some... Awful doctors throughout right. history. Well, I
0: mean, like I've heard, I've heard, and again, it's it's going a little far hyper- hyperbole, but I've heard comparisons not in what. The, well, you know what? Now that we've heard heard more of the Beagle studies, the comparisons of um, Mengele and Fauci, and like we know Mengele has committed horrific experiments. Absolutely. But I mean, what do you call cutting a, a Beagle's vocal cords? putting their head in a box, and having them eaten alive where they can't scream. That is... Okay, it's not a human, but you're still an absolute monster for an experiment that offers zero benefit to humans. Why do we need to know how sandflies eat living flesh?
1: I mean, if we're coming from a CSI thing, Gil Grissom absolutely would have needed to know that for solving some right. kind of ridiculous You, you can make murder. that argument
0: with a, with a pathologist.
1: Yeah, but but no. like At that point, that's sadistic. Right. So...
0: Again, I, I, it's hyperbole, but like. That's not hyperbole. Can, to say that Fauci's Mengele is. A, I can admit that's a stretch. Maybe not as big a stretch as I think it might be.
1: Well, the difference is a beagle versus twins or Soviet prisoners of war. But even some of, like, when you think, like, a lot of those experiments were just absolutely. Well, and like, remember, unnecessary. This, is,
0: this is the same person who did the AIDS research who knowingly infected orphans and and minority communities. So, I mean, it's, it doesn't always stop at beagles.
1: No. And if we're going from like the sadist argument, like when you look at one of the first criteria for a serial killer, it's like, what kind of harm did they do to, to animals before it escalated to humans? Right. Not right. saying that that is all like at all what is happening here, but like, you definitely need to be aware of these situations. Like, It's a removal of empathy yep. in in any capacity here.
0: Yep, and just uh, an inability to, like, make yourself any accountable. You've seen him get taken to task by, by Rand Paul, and he just avoids any accountability. None of it has ever been on him, and I don't think that man will ever take responsibility for any of his own actions, but I think, too, when you talk about how, like, doctors and how it's been and you've seen them kind of really dishonor their Hippocratic oath and you've got nurses that are I've I've heard firsthand people go for their injection and they tell them I am being coerced I do not want this and they still inject them in our law that is illegal you've I've, I've heard of women going and crying while it's happening and it still happens by the word of our law that is illegal they are not allowed to do it if they even suspect coercion, yet we live again groupthink and in herd mentality, it's just this is what we're doing. But I think too, like there's there's a real harm potential in that too, because like, say you've got 10% of the society that are kind of seeing all of these bad things, whether they're building it up to be more than it is or not. Say you've got 10% that are pretty much just losing complete faith in the systems that are there to support well-being. Yeah. You've got people losing faith in doctors. And like my own experiences with doctors right now, I have very little trust in doctors. Just again, no empathy at all.
1: It's not just that is that like this is a completely separate issue, but doctors in some cases, if you don't have a good one, have their own agendas that they're pushing. Like with for whatever reason and I've been on the receiving end of that for right. completely and other issues. But in so many cases like a, there is a Hippocratic Oath and they have a duty to look after your health and well-being, but that also comes down to listening to their their patients with what's coming to them. And a lot of the times that just doesn't happen. For whatever reason, us knowing our own bodies or having any kind of body autonomy has just, for a while, like even pre-pandemic, like that's just been thrown
0: out, out the window. Well, yeah, and, and you've got systems that basically are set up to just reject the input from, like if you want to look at a natural path or a more holistic approach your opinion is immediately just thrown out a lot of of times with doctors Um, and you kind of see that it becomes almost a factory setting where they're just churning out doctors that kind of follow the same rubric and don't look at big picture, this is how I'm taught and it's one course of action when it's not always that answer.
1: No, a lot of the time it's not that answer at all like it's just what's the quickest thing to try and resolve an issue and get somebody out the door and there's only so many hours in the day and I think that the way that the billing like billing works here is that they max out after a certain point for a GP so after a certain point like they're not even getting paid for the patients that they're seeing right so unless you're like a well-meaning doctor like what what's the point like in and out
0: well that and like you look at we, we have some laws. The states are full free reign. You can get pharma checks for meeting quotas and, mm-hmm. and distributing batches. Um, Canada has some guidelines. We can't get paid in cash, but you can get paid in kind. Yeah. So you've got vacations and trips and conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, A conference
1: in the Bahamas or whatever. Right. Yeah.
0: So it's like there is there – is, ...influence from... ...and this doesn't necessarily apply to COVID... ...because I certainly don't... ...with the governments in the pockets... ...they don't need to grease any wheels... ...with with governments handing down mandates... ...there's no... ...there's no... ...perverse motive... ...on the doctor level... ...but don't kid yourself... ...when you look at like... ...oxycodone... ...and... ...and... ...stuff like that... ...where... ...or Percocets... ...where they have been incentivized... ...to push a product... ...not necessarily through money but through trips and stuff. And we've seen the backlash from that. We've seen the the nasty influence pharma can have in, in our society. And to be in a time where it's like, accept this with no question. Mm-hmm. How did we get there?
1: Fear. 100% fear. And then... Um, people just don't educate themselves. People don't do their own independent
0: research. People... Well, that sounds like an anti-vax. <laughs> they they have made this this cookie cutter where if you even so much as say something like that, you're you're immediately dismissed.
1: And and that's just an easy thing to throw out there that like right. people like putting other people in like this other box and not listing. And this started a long time ago. Like even before the pandemic, there were like people would say things about how anti vaxxers were. And I think in that situation, it was more like. I'm going to treat whatever strictly using oregano essential oils and oregano essential oil, like cured my cancer, like that kind of thing. And that's what the original anti-vax term was, or look, not looking at full evidence that's been around for a long time or just being like, if I get a vaccine, then whatever's going to happen to my child, that kind of thing. Um, but in this day and age, like, if you're throwing out that someone's an anti-vaxxer, it means, like, people mean it in a negative way, but they don't actually look at the reason that that person is choosing not to get a vaccine. And a lot of the times, it's because that there's a lack of empirical evidence supporting the reason to get this vaccine, because we don't know what's going to happen long-term. Like, we don't right. know the long-term effects. Whereas for a lot of the vaccines that we've had for a long time, like, for um, polio and all of that stuff, like, there's enough evidence to be, like, nothing... As bad as going to happen is like having
0: to bust out hundreds and hundreds, and hundreds of hundreds of information to make up a valid yeah. and educated assessment. Yes. Whereas, and like, you're talking about something that, like, now today, like, one, it skipped multiple trials. Um, which is terrifying. Right, including animal trials, um, which is wild to me. Um, And don't get me, like, I, I have a firm line, um, and I the mandates and all this are absolutely cross it but I'm not I'm I'm I try to be balanced there could be a situation where I could get on board with it if this was the black plague if we saw a 50% mortality rate then but we've never I'm not going to
1: say never that's like hyperbole but if you look at the conditions that supported the like big black plague that knocked out like half the population of England and traveled everywhere
0: like we don't have conditions no, have that sewers. are going to support that right we we don't crap in the street
1: Absolutely. And we don't have, like, I'm sure that there are, like, stowaway mice on occasion, but we have things like quarantines. And again, we have proper, like, hygiene and sewers well, that even, are happening. Even,
0: even import foods get fumigated.
1: Yeah, like, it's, like, we have all of these measures in place because of what happened historically. It's funny that you mentioned the Black Plague, because when we were talking about, like, having to... Um, like self quarantine and stuff like that during the plague, they would literally lock whole families in a house and like board them up to not let them out in the streets. So it, it's not funny. Funny is like a terrible word to use. Cause it's not funny at all, but it's interesting that that's where things got to.
0: Right. And like, I, I say that cause like there could be a situation. It would have to be drastic enough to justify it.
1: It would have to be out of a science fiction film right. to like
0: get to that point. But like even a ten percent mortality, that would warrant, like okay, we need we do need to encroach on some freedoms, to protect ten percent of society is huge.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But like we're dealing now with less than one percent mortality, this should be a good thing, especially when that one percent of mortality is in a specific group that we can we can better protect.
1: It it's ridiculous. Like I've, as we've been sitting here talking, I know we got talking about like the election everything. It makes me wonder what would have happened if prior to the election that we just had, if people had to show papers and have a vaccine in order to go vote. Right. Like, that's a terrifying concept to me.
0: Well, and that's just how you... And
1: and there are mail ahead, like, there are ways to get around it, but no one really wants to do mail-in votes, but that's a terrifying concept, that we're going to
0: exclude people. Well, yeah, and once you start creeping in on rights, where do you draw your line?
1: I mean, rights have already been crept in, we've talked about this. Right,
0: right. But, like, now we're there, and the lines are crossed. Um, I mean, I've picked my battles, and personally, I'm winning some of them. Absolutely. Um, but, like, where do we go from here? Where, where Your your lines are effectively crossed. You said you're, you're drawing them with the kids, and you don't go to papers. Like, you won't show your papers. But, like, how do you... On Because like, I see it being an individual fix. If enough people worry about themselves and, and push for themselves, collectively we benefit.
1: Um... There's that and at one point I think that you brought me on here to like honestly like go through like Nazi Germany references and we've talked a little bit about how people that are the most vocal about what they need to do or what they're going to say and all the things they do are actually the people that don't do anything and I'm not really that person that's out here like screaming all the ways that like I'm resisting or whatever and that's what more people need to be comfortable doing is not feeling like they need to stand at like the top of the hill and talk about all the things that they're doing to resist the mandates it's kind of like do one thing at a time and kind of start small and gain the confidence and go from there
0: yeah and and i see it myself like when i go into a store with i've I've literally had people come up to me and like it your heart skips a beat because like you assume you're getting into a confrontation it's like let me just do my shopping leave me alone but like at the beginning I had that a couple times. Not too many and it was never like I just ignore them and keep going. Um, I always I the one person actually came up to me in front of my kid and started accosting me. You should never
1: be accosted with your kid around. Right. That's so And wrong. I just kept
0: walking. I just I explained to my kid that some people are just crazy. You have to deal with it. And uh, we literally watched as she went up to a 16-year-old dairy worker in in the dairy department to tell on me. And we even my eight-year-old laughed. He was like... What is a 16-year-old going right. to do? Like,
1: like, they don't make enough to worry about exactly.
0: that. Exactly. And he didn't. His mask was below his nose. He didn't want... You're talking to the wrong person, lady. But no, I, had, I have had people recently come up to me, and I, I worry that it's, a, oh, am I getting confrontation? But they, they give me a hug, and then they take their mask off, and they're like, if you can do it, so can I.
1: Okay. I, I, I support the type all of person, that except It's the, the type hug. of the
0: person. I don't care. I'm not a big hugger. But you know what? It felt great to to encourage somebody to stand up.
1: It's not even about like necessarily standing up. I think it was last week. I completely forgot to put my mask on going into a store. And then instead of panicking, I was like, I'm already this far. Like, I'm not going to do it. Right. And that's just kind of where I'm at with things. Like what? Like some things are just absolutely ridiculous. And I think
0: that's why I'm like, you're seeing less confrontation myself is because people are largely just done with it. Doesn't matter what side you land. People are just done. People are fatigued and over it
1: it's been going on for two years. Like after a certain point, like it's just plain ridiculous. And it's getting to the point that there's so many, like it, it's micromanaging things that just don't need to be micromanaged. Like things that they're putting in place right now are not going to make a difference at all. At this point, it's just like, how far can we go? Like what more can we do to exercise a certain element of control?
0: Yeah. And I, am I'm, I'm worried too. Cause like, We've, even if this is like, say Doug Ford's roadmap holds true, and come March, February, we're out of this. Mandates are gone, emergency powers are gone. We've now set, like, the, the best case scenario is we've now set a benchmark of things the government's allowed to do, given no real justification. Because our, our charter allows for these impositions, but it specifically says it needs to be proven demonstrably necessary. Something that they have intentionally avoided doing, so they're because
1: no one's held them to the fire on it. Well,
0: they have tried. There's been many lawsuits. Justice Center for Canadian Charter Freedoms, or whatever, JCCF. They've had court cases where, for example, Dina Henshaw didn't even show up. She said she was "quote unquote" too busy because of a pandemic, but meanwhile, the week she was supposed to go to trial, she was on vacation. So they have they have a
1: beforehand, and it was a they have a contempt.
0: ...for the process. And I think, truly, when law is, is slow, it lags. But I think when this is all said and done, and the court cases come out, I think you're going to see very clearly how this this shakes out legally, and it's not going to be in favor of the governments.
1: No, and just...
0: I think we might see a Nuremberg 2.0. Oh,
1: God. We, we like f- the Nuremberg trials you're talking right. about? Okay, just, just for I, clarification I think you're going to see
0: a, a Nuremberg trial 2.0. I know in Europe... There's a huge amount of lawyers doing a massive action, but it takes time.
1: Oh, it absolutely takes time. It takes time to gather evidence. It it just it never should have gotten to that point.
0: No. And, and a complacent society has allowed it.
1: A complacent society always allows it, and they just want things to be taken care of, and people want to be comfortable, and they want to continue to be able to do the things that they want to do instead of being slightly uncomfortable for a little while, especially when... For like a year and a half, everyone was essentially uncomfortable and couldn't do anything. So you give people like a little like ounce of freedom after they've had none. And they're like, no, like like
0: Stockholm syndrome,
1: kind of a little different, but I, I see where you're going with this. And, and that's the thing is they're like, I don't want to ever go back to that. So I'm just going to do whatever you say because you're like breadcrumbing me with like small incremental rewards. Right. And I'd rather have those rewards than have nothing. But it like you said, it, it's a slippery slope. Like it does not take a lot to go from where we're at now. And then somebody saying that there's a big like nuclear threat coming from wherever. And all of a sudden... We need to start doing like XYZ to plan for that.
0: Well, and they've already floated the idea of lockdowns for climate crisis. So you've, you've now entered this option onto the table. You just change your justification as long as you think you can justify it publicly. You've said it's, it's on the table. It's funny
1: saying lockdowns for climate crisis because where I work, um, people have been told that depending where they fall on this whole vaccine mandate, that work from home is not possible, which is ridiculous. Like we've proven through this entire process that working from home is totally a thing. And when it comes down to climate crisis, if more people can work from home, there's going to be less emissions and don't get me wrong. Car emissions are not even like the major, like like the big contributor to what's happening in climate um, issues. But there's so many other things that provide people options to either A, not have to lose their job or be forced into a situation that they don't want to do. But it comes down to people... It's almost like implementing ridiculous rules just for the sake of implementing rules or talking about like equality or something. And again, it comes down to that lack of empathy where people aren't willing to make one-off accommodations where it could be beneficial. Right. Or just all of a sudden including new... Like new rules if you will into employment agreements and then if you start doing that incrementally like one thing after another and this is I'm going to use some hyperbole here but at what point does it come down to the fact that like I for example can't be employed if I am not on like a certain type of birth control because like they want to make sure that women aren't having kids so often not repeatedly going on like a mat leave while being employed It it seems far-fetched, but... I don't think
0: that's too much hyperbole. You've already set the groundwork that they can... And it doesn't even have to be a a tried-and-true medical thing. It can be experimental, which is factually accurate.
1: Or, in my case, like, I have some mental health struggles and I'm on certain, like, types of medication. At one point, even though I signed an employment agreement with this contract that said XYZ, can they all of a sudden, like, throw out something new that says that either because of my medical history or because of medications that I'm on, I'm no longer, like, safe to be working where I'm working. Like, that's terrifying to me.
0: Right. And and we've seen, and the scarier part is, no one's going to stand up. We've seen it. Where, where the pushback is non-existent. It takes so little to kind of, to herd people into... Just okay. This is what we need to do for the, the greater good. And
1: it's terrifying because it's at the point that it's like with your coworkers and people that like you you would generally have considered your friend, which is where like it comes down to what's happened historically is neighbors turning on neighbors. Yep.
0: Yeah. No. And I've I've had that. I've had, I've got some good coworkers that I, I can confide in and, and we're good, um, that are kind of just trapped in this mess with me. They just are on a different side of the, the the corners. But I've, I've had coworkers where I've literally had to be like, you're dead to me.
1: I'm getting to the point that I'm becoming worried in the workplace where it becomes like incentivized to kind of like catch somebody and it's like, oh, they're not wearing a mask. Like you get a reward or like this is happening. You get a reward. Well,
0: and that dives into the social credit idea. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a, a real worry. I, that'll be a whole nother episode, but I, I see that, especially when you, we've talked about cryptocurrencies and if we have a centralized canadian cryptocurrency having what you're allowed to spend tied to your social credit it's not that's not a theory that that is in place in places like china so it's it's not crazy and it's something we're certainly not guarded enough about as a whole i, I kind of expect it to get worse because again we're not we're not as guarded as we should be
1: we're not as guarded as, guarded as we should be People just want to continue being comfortable, and until it directly impacts them in a way that they're not like, oh, it's just like a shot in my arm, like, it needs to get to a point that it's deeply personal before hopefully people will say something. But, like, historically, that's not really on, like...
0: It's always too late.
1: It's always way too late. Or a lot of... For a lot of people, it never reaches that point. Yeah. Like, I hate saying that society is, like, morally corrupt, because I don't think society is necessarily morally corrupt i think that we're morally bankrupt is a better way of
0: putting it right where you you leave no good values and morals to push back against the bad ones
1: well and even like pre-pandemic like people can see people being accosted out in the streets for like religious beliefs or whatever and so few people are willing to like stand up and say something right and like it's just because it's easier not to
0: yep yeah and you've the same thing goes like bar culture where where somebody will probably take advantage of somebody they shouldn't, and you've got a group of people that oh they'll turn their head to it or if you've got uh, somebody yelling at their girlfriend in the in the streets, no one gets involved. It's not my business I'm not it's not my fight.
1: The other thing is that like if you are the person that wants to get involved, someone's like holding you back saying it's not yours, and it makes people question what's going on and be like, oh, like if I'm or it makes people think that they're not supposed to do it instead of like actually following through like i would rather take a punch than not stand up when i see something happening in those situations right
0: the the sad thing is that's that's a rare mentality
1: yeah it comes back to the old lady who needed like who dropped her cane picking it up and doing it like no one wants to do that everyone has their heads down on their phone
0: yeah and and unless they can get it for the gram they're not going to do anything for social clout
1: No, and it's that whole social currency thing. Like, people don't just do things for the sake of being a good person. Um, People are so tied to their phones instead of, like, learning, like, real lessons or finding value through other places. Like, I'm an English major. Like, books are my thing. There's so many things that you can get from, like classics if you will but no one chooses to read them these days or they're not allowed to be read
0: yeah and that that's picking up at a crazy pace
1: I have so many issues with that like we're, we're dangerously approaching we're burning books
0: yeah digitally we, we really are and uh, and that's where like I kind of I'm, I'm stuck looking at the totality of where we're at in society and really find that's why I make so many references to, to Nazi Germany because there's just so many things on every different front that are screaming red flags, and it, it's it's like at what point do we do we stop and listen?
1: It it should have been happening before. Like something that I struggle with is that regrettably a lot of the survivors from the Holocaust are no longer with us, and even if they were, I don't know how technologically savvy they would be. I've seen a couple
0: speeches. I have.
1: I have seen a few, but you don't see those get circulated enough. It's not like when we were in high school or even elementary school, did they have like the survivors come and like talk to you kind of thing? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't happen anymore. And again, because we don't have a lot of survivors. um, And again, I don't know how good they'd be with like zoom or whatever. Right. Like we don't have those stories directly comparing it. It's one thing for me or you to sit here and be like, there's a lot of comparisons happening. And then there's a whole other thing of someone who went through one of the worst atrocities of mechanized murder that the world has ever seen. Um, and come and say like, this is the comparisons that are happening. Yeah. Like it, it's very different. Yeah. Like me it gives me
0: chills when I, when I hear, and I've not heard any survivors say, don't worry I haven't heard one say, "No, this isn't it." I've heard a lot say, "Hey, we need to start listening." I haven't heard one say, "No, we should dial it back." You're good.
1: No, you can't dial it back.
0: No, I mean, I haven't I haven't oh. heard one say, "No, this isn't This isn't warning signs."
1: No, they're they're
0: They're all saying the same thing.
1: I think like how many times has has the like executive order for like emergency power been renewed? I like think it's three? about
0: six months you're allowed. Okay, um, and it's
1: been renewed like, like at least December three times. December set to
0: renew again, and they've already said they will be. Um, I believe Doug Ford says he's going to take it to the middle of spring.
1: But there's no need for that at this point. Well, with how define an
0: emergency. Is an emergency two and a half years? No. No. An emergency is my house is on fire today, not my house burnt down yesterday. So, and again, they, when they declare it, they don't have to justify it.
1: Going on the whole Doug Ford thing with this whole emergency power, when's our next provincial election?
0: That worries me even more. And I think that's specifically why you're seeing he's got a roadmap to exit now. Because he knows if he can't get us out before the election, he's done anyway. Yeah. His only hope is to get us out, quote unquote. We're already out. No, like, but we- I mean out from under their control.
1: Oh, okay, gotcha.
0: Um so like he's already said this is when we're gonna remove passports, this is when we're gonna remove masks and I take it with a grain of salt cuz he's the same person who said it was 2 weeks.
1: I still think it's ridiculous that we're supposed to be wearing masks now when at the height of the pandemic there was no mask mandate.
0: Right. Like, and and they- we've we've quantifiably seen they've made no concernable difference. You can look at the states, different states, different laws. It hasn't made an impact country to country, state to state, area to area. It doesn't make a difference. But it's become political, you can't admit anything was wrong.
1: Well, it's like everything's related to a like when somebody dies it's like it was even if they had covid they're like oh it was covid we're not looking at like any other major conditions that they may have had that are actually Well funny
0: funny you mentioned that. I think and again this is where time will not again I I've, I've said it a bunch of times history will not view this era well. No. Um and you're you're already seeing history starting to catch up. So Italy I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they have edited their covid death numbers from I believe it was 30 or 40,000 to single thousand, like three or four thousand deaths. They have amended their counts because it was done in error. And I think you might see that happen globally and realize, look, this was a bit of a, like a satanic panic type thing where it's everyone just thought COVID, 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 COVID. And they weren't, the blinders were on so much that it just got rubber stamped.
1: Well, it's kind of like when something, I hate using the word trendy, but like when something is like, Publicized or whatever, all of a sudden, like everyone has that going on, or all of a sudden, it's like this is what you just need to call something.
0: Well, just look at the number of times we've used the word hyperbole in this conversation. Okay,
1: but that is from like my own perspective. But no, it it
0: rubs off though. It's true. I've used it, and that's a word I don't normally use.
1: Except I say it to you all the time. But yeah, like from my perspective, that's actually a pretty good example. Like, I try not to speak in hyperbole for my own. Purposes, it's just something that i'm working on but it's actually kind of funny because i feel like our entire society is operating through hyperbole at the moment like everything is just like blown completely out of proportion in so many ways and
0: you can't get the genie back in the bottle like you can't you can't talk to somebody that's really worked up on fear over this you can't talk them out of it
1: well the thing with the genie in the bottle is that the gin or the genie is generally just angry for being trapped and they just want to be free. They cause more havoc when they're trapped.
0: Right. But yeah, like I, I yeah, I, you just can't talk sense. And I, I, I don't, that's you, something I struggle with. Is you how You can't talk
1: sense into people that are so close minded that they can't even have a proper discussion. Like the, 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 the true sense of debate and discussion is gone. Like you can't have a debate or, have a different view or a different opinion of someone without being called some kind of like ridiculous term. Like you can't have true academic discussion or academic debate, which is terrifying.
0: Yeah. And if, if you do, you're, you're labeled this side or the other just to dismiss your perspective.
1: Because it's easier to dismiss than to like question your own thoughts or think, Hey, maybe I'm a little wrong here.
0: Yeah. And, and that's exactly where I see like holding the line and drawing your lines is because when you look at those discussions and, and where they've been had is the minute you back down or concede anything, you're done. You, you can't win that argument. You can't, you can't reason. Whereas if you, you have values, you have morals and you have ethics, you stand that ground and you have a better chance of at least having that discussion.
1: I I see what you're saying. I don't think that like anyone should be so set in their ways that they completely stand their ground because I do believe that through discussion and through like people should have the right to move. Oh yeah, and for any, sure. And when, I
0: I'm I move. I'm not I'm not firm in my way. Um I
1: I think it just comes down to language. Like I find language very interesting. Like the way people choose to speak and stuff like that. Um or even how like words have changed or how people use words. Like for example, we talked about people just throwing the word like communist or calling like everyone in a situation like a Nazi. Like I, I I hate this because words have meaning and there is like a certain amount of gravity to the words that people choose to use. And I, I especially hate it when people are uneducated about the words that they're using and they're just throwing it out there and you're like, you're an idiot. Like you don't understand the words that you're saying, but these are the same people that if you try and talk to them, about their viewpoints, they can't actually support those views. It just turns into, like, a headline from some kind of news clip or whatever. Um, But people can't be so dead set in their ways that they can't consider another viewpoint. And while I do believe in, like, having moral and ethical reasons for things, um, I wouldn't say that I think people need to stand their line. I think that they need to know individually what their line is or like where, where their morals guide them and act in accordance to that, instead of feeling like they need to fall into any particular camp, whether that be like what's going on with vaccines, workplace mandates, mask mandates, or even when it comes to like political parties, like you can't be so married to being like a red, orange, right? That's, that's what's doing huge harm is that people need to be allowed to be fluid. Right. And that's okay. And people need to know that that's okay.
0: Well, I think... And you talk about it politically, red and blue and such. And I think those people actually bent... Like, they, they plan on people being rigid in that. Because they don't they don't give any ground where they should to hold their base. Almost as if they don't have to hold their base. Whereas if you were more fluid and society was a little more movable in their stances they wouldn't have that guaranteed vote. Whereas if everyone, because I've talked to a lot of people and pretty much everyone I know that lines up quote-unquote conservative supported value-wise more the PPC. Had they not been firm in that and they, they voted on value, the, the conservative party would have to learn to change.
1: I think that's like any party and I think you and I have talked about this. like, this last election i've said like historically i've been very like ndp camp and then this last election i voted ppc that is very very different like that's going from like one end to the other but that's looking that like it's voting and giving my vote where i felt like my morals align this election and people need to know that like anything like that is okay like you don't have to be so firmly entrenched in something that you can't make a change at any point in time
0: right well, it's been a great conversation. Uh, I uh, yeah. we've covered a lot. I, I need to like focus down. I like the like we're all over the place. I like to cover a lot. My mind. This is kind of just how my mind goes. I'm all over the place at every time. I think but, what
1: you need is like a board where you're filming and like we are filming recording, and you need to have like a whiteboard of like these four things need to be hit, and like we're just going to kind of like look at it, <laughs> and by we I mean like whoever you have on here, and be like, okay, we hit this. We hit this. We need to like figure out a way to. I hate this term, but circle back. Okay, Jen. Ew. Jen Saki. Ew. <laughs> we'll take this to ten thousand feet. Take it offline and. Ugh. Ew, um, but yeah, just like have a board of the things that you want to hit.
0: Yeah. No. But I, we'll. I have to get a little more organized. But I really like that we've kind of covered everything, and like stuff that I didn't even plan to cover.
1: That tends to be what happens with these things. You get so off track so easily. But right. I think that's like any normal conversation though.
0: But parting words, where's the hope in it? Given the, the doom and gloom we've seen compared to history and where our lines are, where's where your hope?
1: The hope is in individual people actually realizing that it's okay to not, not accept everything. I think that sometimes people think that it's an all or nothing mentality and that if something's being put out in a totality that they need to accept all of it. And it comes down to like, you don't have to accept everything. It can be one thing at a time. Um, the other thing is as friends, family, coworkers start being affected more deeply then that's where people are going to get like their like backs up and be like, but this person isn't what society is saying that they are like that doesn't align and that's where people are going to start standing up a bit more, um, and I think when people just get tired, sadly, that's when things are going to break down when they just become so insanely frustrated.
0: I see a lot of cracks. I, I'm I'm eternally hopeful. I, I'm cautiously worried, but eternally hopeful.
1: <laughs> that must be fun.
0: It's it sucks. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, I'm I'm all of this while still trying to navigate. Being the odd one out in the system.
1: Yeah, but you're you're doing it within the system, which is important. Like, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole, yeah. whole other conversation. Um, but it's once people realize that it's okay to not agree and not be so agreeable all the time.
0: Yeah, we definitely need to dehumanize it more because it's been so abjectly removed from any empathy or humanity. It's turned into a binary in a world of very fluid everything it's a very binary decision here
1: it's funny it is one of the true like black and white things that are still going on in society
0: yeah i would like to see good and bad i, I would like to see a little more binary there's more lines right now this is this is the firing line there's other things we we as a society should the next frontier to be worried about where it's not we have not created an emergency in other areas but there's stuff that we're starting to blur lines on that that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, don't get down road. I'm, I'm getting down hole. another
0: road, but I see hope. There's cracks, and people are really getting fatigued. So we'll see what the winter and, and spring have in store, but I have hope. I'm glad you do. Well, thanks for joining me with your optimism.
1: You're welcome. Sorry for any edits you're going to have to do here.
0: <laughs> like that, right there.
1: <laughs> what? What? <laughs>
0: Just before we go today, uh, I just want to remind everyone about the fee. Uh, If you enjoyed today's show or you got value out of it, uh, all we ask is that you share it with a friend or on your social media. Uh, Our whole goal is to try and have conversations, and and we want to do that by reaching as many people as possible so we can kind of have these conversations on as large a scale as possible. And uh, we can't do that without you. So if you enjoyed it, please Give us a like and follow and share this episode with somebody who may value it. Until next week, I hope you all have a wonderful week. Take care, everybody.